Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome everyone to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex show. My name is Bobo and I am your host and I'm with the beautiful Flex. Today we're coming in with a deep topic, a topic that affects absolutely all of us and that is loneliness. Dealing with loneliness, the difference between being alone and being lonely and the isolation that we feel in society, whether it's we feel isolated because we isolate ourselves or whether we feel isolated because society separates us into groups. There's a lot to get into this. Flex, what is actually the difference between being alone versus being lonely versus being isolated? Mm. So I would say being alone is physical. Being lonely is mental. And being isolated mm. would be um, self-fulfilling. Oh, wait. What do you mean by self-fulfilling? Like it's something well, you do I mean, yourself. I think it's like about your perception of it all. Because isolation can be both physical and mental. But I think it's about your perception right. on the situation. When you feel isolated, isn't that how... You, like that? that's how you perceive your situation, no? You right. Because isolation can come through like a lack of understanding geographical isolation physical isolation like emotional um being emotionally inept like all these things will contribute to isolation so i think it's self-fulfilling okay i want to address a specific um a specific comment slash question that we got in our facebook group the bobo and flex facebook group go join if you haven't already Mm. and um our dear bobo and flex community member says, I'd love to hear you guys discuss loneliness and subconscious separation from society and the morals we believe society as a whole holds. Those times we separate ourselves from those around us when we unintentionally view people's morals or beliefs being above or below our own. I'd love to know if you've experienced this. And if so, have you recognized the ways that you are isolating yourself? Let's start with that last question. Do you feel like you've found ways or even is this something that you even do do you feel like you isolate yourself from people ever yeah of course um well yeah so I always say that I feel it's perhaps my Aquarius moon but I definitely feel um when I visualize myself in regards to connecting with people I picture myself in the middle of a room a middle like the middle of a really crowded busy room on a podium with a spotlight yeah. and everyone can see <laughs> me really clearly yeah and i can kind of i see everyone but i can't connect with them because i'm far away from them but because i'm in a place yeah. of high visibility they feel as though they're connecting with me extra and that can manifest into like right. my actual job of djing as well or like the like where i sit in society of being like someone who doesn't have a life that's very like similar to those around her but I definitely feel that there's mm. like a disconnect that I inflate. Um, I don't think, think that I don't think I feel lonely, but I definitely feel like I feel a disconnect between me and most people. And I probably amplify that by believing that to be true based on my career or the way I view the world or whatever. But I don't know. I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah, I was gonna say. Do you think that belief is to your detriment or like to your benefit? It's hard to know, right? Because even if it was to my detriment, how could I opt out of my belief systems if I believe them to be true? (laughs) And do I even (laughs) want to? Like, what's to say that, you know, changing my belief systems would would improve the quality of my life? It's a big risk to take based on, you know, a a random hypothesis. The topic of loneliness is always such an interesting one to me because I think it's been made. It's like a trendy topic because of the internet and social media, right? Like, 
there's like a think piece every second day about how like we're the loneliest generation because we're hyper connected blah 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 um yeah and i i do wonder how much of that those ideals have been fed into us or fed through us and how much of us really believe that like do we really believe that we're lonely and how much of that loneliness is Mm. is a result of how we view the world I think to a large extent, we live in very unnatural ways. I think we're not meant to live in macro communities. I think we're meant to be in communities of like 50 to 100 people max. And so I think like living in a massive city, which we all do, um, and like having to then having Twitter where you're inundated with thousands of people's opinions, I think that's really unhealthy. But I, I do think the feeling of being inundated with millions and millions of people, but only really being connected to maybe one or two, I think that does create a sense of loneliness because there's there's a dissonance there. It's like there's so many people, but I can't seem to connect with anyone. But realistically, we're not meant to be connecting with everyone. Um, Realistically, we're not meant to be taking in millions of people's opinions and engaging with millions of people a day. And so that shit does feel lonely, you know? I mean, I think, yeah, this is where we would kind of disagree because I don't measure Mm. the quality of my life experience by how many people I connect with. And if I did, Mm. I would obviously feel lonely. But because on like a on a general scale i'm able to connect with people who i consider to be like-minded i'm not really concerned that there are millions of other views that i don't understand or engage with and i because yeah. i i think about like high school right and i would say that a lot of people that i would engage with in high school would feel lonely by that dyna- dynamic because everyone had their groups and if you didn't have your group you were an outsider or if you had your group but within that group you didn't um align with the group ideals you'd feel like an outsider you know all these things yeah. would, would remind you that you weren't part of this community that you should feel close to right and so right i don't think social media is is the root cause or the blame and the i think the issue is that fundamentally we don't have a good idea of what community should do for us or what ideals we should find from our community because my mom would say being an african woman she'd say like your community raises you like you should feel as though your community is the backbone of your household as well that you should you could give your child to someone next door and they could look after them for as long as you needed to like that's your community whereas when i think about community i'm thinking about my online network that's not a community. That's just a bunch of people who are who have placed me at the center of their interest. That's not really a community, right. you know. And I think about my my industry, like you know, when but I, I think, think about you're DJ very unique TV, in that. Is that a community just because we're a bunch of bodies in a room? What really makes up community? And if we figure out that, then we can figure out what how that stems into this loneliness agenda. And I do think this, yeah. the loneliness thing is an agenda. <laughs> do you? I absolutely do. <laughs> It's such a trendy. Wait, that's topic. an interesting hot take. I, you know, I when I look, I I don't uh, denounce that the majority of us can feel lonely based on how our communities are set up to not be in our benefit. But I also think yeah. about uh, how we don't have original thoughts, and this idea of us all feeling Facts. lonely came from think pieces. It came from one too many fucking Vice articles, one too many fucking <laughs> cosmopolitan situations, and all of a sudden that's like the key word. Social media made me lonely. Social media made me do this, and you have to remember that we as a society built up the rules and guidelines of how social media exists. We also create these agendas and we create these popular narratives i can't remember ever telling somebody that i feel lonely i just know that i should yeah. feel that way as a millennial on the internet right because that's what we do right we feel lonely and we talk all day i don't feel lonely <laughs> like and even if i've been in situations where i do feel lonely a lot of that has been my own doing choosing to exclude myself but i think you're very myself. unique in that sorry um and i re- i think you're very unique in that experience and i relate to you because i also don't experience loneliness I experience like issues of belonging. Yeah, absolutely. Not like loneliness. But I think you and I are really unique in that in that a we both we are both black black women who've grown up in predominantly white spaces. And then we're also in a space right now that not a lot of people are in. We're used to sort of like not being like everyone else is what I'm saying. Mm. We outgrew the mindset that we have to be like everyone else because we were forced to not be like everyone else. 
so we don't ever really feel lonely because we're so secure in how like unique and individual we already are and also we're like we're quite passive in that we don't expect much from we don't need much from humans you know what i mean like i don't really need friends who text me every day Mm. i don't need a billion trillion friends although i do feel like i have a lot of friends I don't really, yeah, I don't really need much from human beings, more than I'm already getting anyway. We overassume, like, we really assume that, like, most people have friends. I think most people don't even have a friend. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think a lot of people have acquaintances that they find. I was also, I was talking to um, a friend of mine from college, and she was telling me, because she studied psychology She studied psychology and something else. And she was telling me about how many cases she knows of of people who just fall in love with their therapist Mm. just because they finally have someone to talk to. Mm. And I also think about the number of people who assume I'm best friends with them just because I listen to them. Mm -hmm. I'm like, the bar is actually so low. It's on the floor. That's the bar is literally under it is Subterranean. you know what I mean and I also <laughs> literally it is non-existent. I think the bar is literally non-existent. That even paying someone attention, like being present and listening to someone, literally makes their whole day. Especially in New York, I find that I speak to so many strangers because like someone will just talk to me on the train and I'll actually listen. And I can just see how gassed they are that someone actually listened to them. Mm. And I just feel like that's actually the bar. Like, I feel like your average person has one friend tops. And even that friend doesn't give them the emotional support that is adequate, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I I think, like, a lot of people probably do experience loneliness. But I don't don't know if it's because of social... I don't think it's because of social media. I think social media is a symptom. Yeah, I think it's because of the way we've structured society. That being said, though, wouldn't you argue that we have so many avenues to connect with someone? And so loneliness Mm. isn't just the result of society, but it's the result of our personal character flaws as well. Because I know... Ooh, absolutely. I could rattle off a thousand ways I could make a friend if I wanted to. I just know I don't want to do that work because I don't want any more friends. (laughs) You know, like when I remember when we did... um, one of our earlier friendship episodes and we had asked our audiences how how do you go about making a friend and everybody had these really grand ideas of like you know go join a community sport go like um whatever like go like make friends at work and it's like or just talk to someone like how many of you don't yeah. talk to people all day like you dodge <laughs> human contact like you're getting paid to and wonder oh why you feel lonely God. <laughs> People hesitate. Please speak on this. They hesitate with human contact. They almost avoid it like it's the plague. How they many do. times has somebody yeah. talked to you, quote unquote, unsolicitedly, and you've been like, what the fuck? Are they flirting with me? Do they want to date me? What the fuck is this? Or you're skeptical of this human contact. They must want something from me. I can't give them any. Look, you look behind yourself, left, right. Are they following me? So to yeah. a point, like, I, and I don't think I would hesitate to say that society has instilled those ideals in us because obviously i know that stranger danger is a huge thing and we need to be mindful of like who we're uh, i don't know if you have stranger danger overseas no what is that oh stranger danger is a, a, a thing they teach you when you're in primary school Screaming. that essentially tells you that stra- strangers are dangerous and that you should be mindful when somebody wants to talk to you because i'll kidnap you something mm, like that okay anyway. yeah so like yeah, they, have they instill those values into you as a child so you can be mindful that when somebody approaches you you need to understand like who they are where they're coming from blah 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 but i refuse to believe that's translated all the way till 2019 and us at our big big age can't discern between somebody who is inherently dangerous and somebody who is just engaging in basic human contact no i think that quality of being is fear of vulnerability i think that is actually i don't know I'm assuming now. I don't now. think you need to be vulnerable to engage with someone. Like, I know for a fact that, you know, if I go into, uh, like, a, ch- uh, a supermarket and the checkout person is speaking to me and just asking me how my day is, I'm happy to engage with that. But I know right. a ton of people who would be like, no, thank you. Or even getting into an Uber. Now, yeah. I know Ubers are tricky because, you know, obviously you're in somebody else's car. They could take you wherever. But the amount of people who are unable to engage with their Uber on a human fucking level yeah. because of what? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I think 
I think we've made the whole like making friends thing a lot more complicated than it is. I don't think you need to be cute. You don't need to be cool. You don't need to be hip and trendy. You don't need to be the prettiest, richest, classiest person in the room. You just need to listen. Like just engage in a conversation with someone. And honestly, half the time conversations with people are trash. But I have this new rule that like I hate small talk. So if I'm, yeah, so if someone's going to talk, strike up a random conversation to me, it's going to be on my terms. So Mm -hmm. we're not going to talk about the weather. We're going to talk about global warming. We're not, yeah, if we want to talk about, oh, when is your birthday? Let's also discuss your mortality. Like, Mm -hmm. I, it's just not going to be surface level conversations with me. So, and not everyone wants that. So I, you know what I mean? You just have to know like what it is. I love having conversations with people, but I hate having small talk. So the way I negotiate that is I'm not going to avoid having conversations with people. I'm just going to try and make them compelling for me and the person that I'm talking to. And what I found is that most people really appreciate, most people at parties are really bored. Like if you go to a dinner party, most people are really bored and will be really grateful that you're engaging them in a conversation that no one else ever has. Like, I went to a going away party two weeks ago, and there was an Italian couple there, like, clearly bored. Someone was actually asking me about this podcast. And I was like, yeah, we talk about sex, love, and, like, that piqued their interest. And they're like, oh, tell me more. And we literally started a conversation right there and then about the orgasm gap. And it's just something as small as that is like such an easy way to make friends in that you're completely being yourself. You're not performing having conversations that you think are dinner party conversations because I've opted out of that completely. You dress like yourself. You talk about whatever you want to talk about. Have the conversations you want to have. I feel like if you just show up fully as yourself, like that's all you need to make friends and build community. Like that's Mm -hmm. that's it. But we've... Yeah, we've really complicated it. And I think, I don't I don't fully... I also yeah. think that the average person isn't like verbally articulate, emotionally articulate. And we have this issue with trying to find quick, um, basic phrases to discuss complex feelings and ideas. And so a lot of us are self-diagnosing ourselves as lonely or feeling alone when we don't feel understood or we don't feel like yes. we're connecting or we don't feel like we belong. And this yes. idea, this issue of self-diagnosing isn't helping us because if you tell someone you feel lonely, they tell you to go talk to someone. And that might not be the solution to to your issue of not belonging. Mm. You know, like you need help finding a community. You need help finding your people. Yeah. And nobody can teach you that. And there's a lot of... Um, it requires a lot of self-governing that the average person isn't used to doing because for your whole life somebody has dictated how you should move through the world you know right. like you need to go to primary school go to high school go to uni get a job excel at that job get married but nobody explains you the minutiae of what it takes to exist in life fulfilled and so because you haven't figured it out you've now gone to this really extreme place and now diagnose yourself as lonely Mm. and granted that may be true but then i also pose the question what are you doing to counteract those feelings because i know if you're hungry you go eat right Right. you're thirsty you go drink you're tired you go sleep so you're lonely what are you doing now right crickets and so i wonder how many people are getting really comfortable in this space of loneliness because it, it 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 it's an easy way to explain how they're feeling and it takes the onus of them because it's it's, it's people that make you lonely you surely couldn't have done that to yourself you're now mm. the victim of this big, accountability? You know, this big loneliness agenda and there's no way you can fix it on your own right it has to be everybody around you everybody needs to make you a community they need to make you a friend it's like no there needs to be some sort of autonomy here i used to have an obsession with needing to be understood And I'm not sure how I got over that. I think it just dissipated over time. Mm. Um, But I also think the the need to be understood is doomed to fail. Like it is doomed Mm -hmm. to fail you because no one will understand you. That's absolutely impossible. Like I always, it used to like romantically, I'd be like, oh, I can never find a guy who just like understands me. And now I don't really care. And I think because I don't care, I'm with someone who I feel, not that I feel understands me, but he probably understands me more than anyone else I've ever been with. 
Mm. Like it's good. I I I'm also at a point where I don't want him to fully understand me because then I'd be bored. So <laughs> yeah, I don't it's know very where interesting. does this desire to be understood come from. Well, the the narrative is everywhere, right? I mean, you know, to find your perfect job, you need to really understand what motivates you, and then your employer needs to understand how you like to be praised, and then to find the perfect friend, they need to understand all your interests, and then you need to understand their flaws. And I mean, understanding is a word that it pops up so often in yeah. all facets of life, but I don't think a lot of us have taken the time to really understand to understand what it means to understand right because for the most part i just i think i kind of just like i don't see people like i don't see you as a complex character i just kind of gauge a vibe from you and yeah. then go from there i'm not taking the time out to make sure that all the nuances and the complexities of what it is to be a person are coming to the forefront when i'm judging you off top no mm. <laughs> so i think also what i'm finding is that when we uh like let's say i was to say that i'm feeling lonely right now yeah i'm thinking about all the people in the world who have contributed to this feeling but i'm not considering that i may have contributed to somebody else's loneliness as well Ooh, i've never thought it, of that it goes back to people feeling that they're all virtuous and that you know if they mean if they do something that is morally sus that they can understand that their intent outweighs their impact but if we all think that way and then we all think that somebody else is responsible for curing our loneliness, then when will we ever get to a point where we are quote unquote cured? I'm all about conspiracies about the government and the health system because there is no value or money or there's no business in us all being healthy and oh, feeling that we're okay. That's literally I, it. Yeah, like feelings of loneliness, I would imagine are a healthy part of being because you need the lows to acknowledge the highs. Yeah. If we were all just on a constant high, wouldn't we just go crazy? So... I do think in some cases, not all, this idea of loneliness has been conflated to be this extreme debilitating state so we can be medicated, so we can like feed yep. back in to this billion dollar industry. Which, listen, so I made a post on my Instagram two days ago that was, I guess, really controversial because it sparked a lot of like upset pe- Actually, a bunch of people even unfollowed me for it. Um, mm. I made a post about the role of friendship and community. And I Mm -hmm. said that, basically, I think that a lot of us seek from therapy what we could get from our friendships and community. And I explicitly said that I'm excluding things like deep trauma and mental illnesses, etc. Just like basic, basic emotional support. A lot of us go to therapy for that. And when I say basic emotional support, I'm just me. I'm just talking about things like loneliness, things like stress, things like anxiety. Yeah, a lot of people seek therapy to cure those things that if we structured society in a way where we didn't live in a capitalist system that prioritizes profit over humanity, then we wouldn't have as many people seeking basic emotional support in therapy because we'd be getting it from our friendships and our communities which isn't also to say that like all of your friendships should be all about problem solving it can just literally be as easily it can be as simple as someone just listening to you like just someone just having someone to talk to about how your day went like these are basic emotional needs that most people don't have because capitalism strips us of the time, energy, and resources to just like be compassionate, to be empathetic, to be present in this life. And so we then end up having to go to therapy to pay someone to just give us like basic attention, not even emotional support half of the time. A lot of the time people go seek just basic attention from therapy, basic friendship from therapy that you're just not getting from our communities because the system doesn't, like how would the system benefit if we were all emotionally healthy? Mm -hmm. But again, that's a hot take and a controversial take. And I know like a lot of people really stand for capitalism, but (laughs) I'm very clearly against it. So that's always gonna be my take, you know? I feel that. And I, 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 you know, for those people who don't go to therapy, so aren't using therapy as a tool for basic emotional connection, why do you, 
why do you think the average person has succumbed to this state of loneliness? Not succumbed to, but if the average person is feeling lonely, mm. then what is stopping us from counteracting that? Ooh. And is, is the loneliness thing, like, does it intersect with depression? It's because a lot of us are, are being diagnosed with depression. I think it does. What, let me, let's go back to the first question of what is stopping us from counteracting that? Yes, yeah, like I, the point I made earlier, if you're hungry, you go eat. If you're horny, you go masturbate. If you're thirsty, you drink. If you're bored, you entertain yourself. So if you're lonely, what do we what do? What is the solution that's not clicking for people? I think on one hand, it's fear. Because I do think there is a lot of vulnerability that's required. Or there isn't actually, but it's, it feels like there is. I think just the act of talking to someone feels so vulnerable for so many people. And so I think that's one of the things. And then I just think literal like energy and time. I think so many people have to expend so much energy just trying to survive, especially in a city like New York or LA. It's so normal to meet someone who has four jobs just to stay mm. afloat. And it's like once you're done with your fourth job. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How do you even have the time or emotional energy to even humor someone else? And because you don't have that time or emotional energy or capacity, how could you not be lonely? Because you're forced to be you're forced to not have any meaningful interactions throughout your day. Like, all of your human relationships are purely transactional. And I also think that's another thing, is that, like, while we've talked about all relationships being transactional, just on a basic level of energy exchange and things like that, I think there's also, like, capitalist transactional relationships that exist in, you know, big cities like Johannesburg or London or... Yeah, just big cities that, like, we're told you have to network all the time. And you know what I mean? I think even mm -hmm. the idea of networking just makes human relationships seem taxing. Mm -hmm. So those, those are just, like, some of the things. What do you think? I mean, I know for a fact that when I think about my character flaws, mm. I said it a ton of times, if I could change one thing about myself, it would be the ability the ability to do things that I know are good for me. I constantly do things that are trash for me. Yeah. I will like avoid sleeping in favor of watching TV. Facts. I won't leave the house when I've been inside for three days. I won't exercise. I won't eat well. I won't hydrate. Like these are all things that I know I would feel better if I did, right. but I could easily convince myself otherwise. So I wonder if loneliness and um, dodging human contact is an easy thing for people to slip into because it's just easier than the alternative because it managing is. people is difficult it is. i get that but how often I, I think what's frustrating me about the loneliness narrative is that um it feels as though when somebody is perpetuating that narrative that they're blaming you or that um they're blaming somebody outside of themselves like i feel lonely because society oh, did this to me yeah or like, i can't connect because look at the spaces i've have to i have to orbit in yeah whereas kind of like nobody's thinking about you on a daily basis you have the tools yeah. from my understanding and maybe i'm speaking from a place of privilege but i would imagine that if you have access to the internet and instagram it is not that hard to engage with someone yeah and i mean if, that's how we came to be like i absolutely. literally slid into your dms yeah and i think that uh, are we forgetting that engaging with people is hard so because we opt out, the consequence is loneliness and therefore that's just our portion because if I'm going to talk to some bitch, I need to like listen to her and then like respond timely and that's all just too hard. Yeah. And people expect too much of me. Well, it's what I was saying about 
pleasure and pain, right? And mm. a lot of us pursue pleasure, not understanding that pleasure and pain are not mutually exclusive. They come mm-hmm. as one package. And a lot of times, pain is the architect of pleasure. And if you're not willing to accept that, then it's always going to be easier to sit and wallow inside your nothingness because you're too scared of the pain that comes with your pleasure the pain in this case is being vulnerable and opening yourself up to human beings and possibly facing rejection but the pleasure that you'll get out of that is also possibly making and forming meaningful relationships so Mm. it's it's this idea that like i don't know i don't know where this idea of maybe this is why they call us like entitled millennials because we feel so entitled to pleasure but we're just like no i don't want any emotional labor i'm gonna come for emotional labor anti-emotional labor twitter every day because this idea of like i don't want any emotional labor i don't want to have to put up with this person because like that doesn't benefit me it's just like reality doesn't work that way like nothing is going to be absolutely pleasurable all the time mm. including your your best greatest most fulfilling friendships like it's just mm. we have to like restructure how we think about pursuing our desires it's really rich to say that you know in an alternate world had our communities have been set up differently that would be the antidote to everything that we're feeling now as though we don't have the opportunity to do that right now yeah <laughs> um it's like we all forget that there's not one universal lived experience and that we do have permissions and the agency to to opt, to opt out of out certain experiences in favor of others and i know people say you know well i spend half of my week at work and i don't connect with those work people there are hours in the day where you can like get, leave the house, hang out with a friend, engage in conversation. Like there, there are ways to counteract the shitty state that we're in. Just say you don't want to and keep going. <laughs> just say you like the feeling of complaining and, and just like and, and go. <laughs> but another thing is, you were talking about this in our last episode. Um, forgetting that we have free will. I think it's mm-hmm. so easy for people to just say, "I don't have a choice." A lot Mm -hmm. of people really delude themselves into thinking, and I do this too, a lot actually. I already know I'm going to get slack for this, but the most common form of delusion is that we can't do things because we don't have enough money. And I just think like you always have a choice to do something, Um, but the most common thing is I don't have enough time or I don't have enough money. And that's 99% of the time absolutely not true. But I just think like if we all, and I do this too so many times, especially with money, like, oh, I would move to LA if I had enough money. No, like if I really wanted to move to LA, like I'd be in LA right now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's so much easier for me to be like, oh, I can't move to LA right now because if I live in LA, I want to live in Malibu and I don't really have $20 million in my, you know, like that's just like the dumb shit, the dumb bitch juice that I tend to drink, that we all tend to drink, of deluding ourselves into thinking we don't have a choice. Like, I have to stay in this job or else how else will I provide for my children? I have Mm. to do this because what else will I do? I don't have any talents. Like, no, 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 no. No, those are all just stories that you've decided to attach yourself to because they're easier than facing your own mortality if you fully faced the fact that you were dying sooner than you'd like to think, you would not be wallowing in ease and comfort. You'd be fully actualizing your desires regardless of your false obstacles that you've placed in front of yourself. Mm. And that's how I feel about that. Tea and truth. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, it's all there. It's been there. I just you made a really good point and it's escaped me about free will about choices oh yes so i can imagine a lot of people would be like oh no like i don't have more than two choices because it's easy when you're in positions of like stress or whatever that you think that you have two choices one that's hard and one that's harder than the hard one yeah but i i can't it doesn't work like that 
Yeah, I can't help but hypothesize that like we millennials are one of the most resourceful generations there have been. Look at the way we make nothing from uh, something from nothing yeah. every day. Yeah, I truly believe that if we wanted something as much as we said we would, we'd do it. Yeah, crazier things have happened. If this was a boomer telling me, like a, an old person telling me they were lonely, I'd be like, okay, I totally get it. If this was a fifty-year-old saying I was lonely, I'd get it. If this was a thirty-year-old on the later end, I'd be like, okay, <laughs> I understand. You're on the cusp of, like, the internet and, like, the real world coming to be. I get it. But if you are peak, like, on the earlier end of millennial or the generation, the Snapchat generation, you have so many resources to do and be better. If you don't do it, you either don't have the skill, you don't have the drive, you don't have the emotional capacity, or you don't want it. I know this because, so, when I used to do photography tutorials on my YouTube channel, um, so... I decided I want to be a photographer and it was shortly after I moved to New York so I didn't really know anyone or have anyone to like collaborate with so I just decided to turn my room into a studio when people asked me how I did that I then made tutorials literally step-by-step tutorials this is how you can shoot your own pictures and even after doing all of that the amount of people who are like okay but how do I become my own self-portrait photographer And that's when I realized, like, you hoes just don't want to. I have handed you a full blueprint, a step-by-step tutorial, a visual aid. I've drawn you diagrams. And you, you still claim you don't know how to do it. I can't help you. You clearly just don't want to do it. And I also think that's something worth interrogating. If you've deluded yourself into thinking you want to do something, and yet you haven't stood up to do it do you really want to do it i do i struggle with that type of cognitive dissonance because i don't fully understand it why do you think people say they want to do things but then don't do them it goes back to the the value add narrative though like you have value when you're contributing and the fact of the matter is contributing is hard it's tiring it's draining it's exhausting there are a lot of negatives that come with contributing and so to get away from those negatives you lie (laughs) (laughs) i i think that's just it like you just lie you say you want things that you don't want to people so it appears that you are an active functioning valuable member of this society and grace that might be the you know the the high level way of looking at it but what other reason would there be yeah like you don't i keep saying there are no consolation prizes for lying or deluding yourself (laughs) just like stand by your truth if you want to do if you don't want to do things just like handle that that's okay but there's nothing worse than somebody who comes to you under the the guise of wanting to better themselves but will do nothing of the sort can you who are you helping wow can we talk about imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. for a second um, mm-hmm. How much of that do you think is self-induced versus, like, actual reality? I think it's something... It depends something... on what industry you're in. Mm. I mean, when I look at people in industries that don't have a clear br- blueprint, I'm talking, like, creative industries, um, jobs that have been made in, like, the last 10 years, I understand if you have the privilege to exist in that space, why you would feel that this is, like unbelievable yeah because statistically it shouldn't be happening you shouldn't be able to be your own boss at 25 right. you shouldn't be able to have passive income at 25 you shouldn't be able to to save six digits at 25 you like these things don't happen but if you do you you wonder like can i maintain this is this all gonna blow up in my face when is this going to end for everybody else the majority i feel like that's an appropriated fear <laughs> <laughs> She said appropriated. (laughs) We all don't have the same problems. And so if you're coming to me talking about you work in an office, NPR, talking about imposter syndrome, the blueprint has been there for years. You either are there or you're not there. I'm screaming. (laughs) I don't know. I Look, I I just, the way I view the world is, and I, I, I don't know if I said it in this podcast or earlier, I can we've all been conditioned to to speak at length about how external sources inhibit our progress and Mm -hmm. success that's such an old narrative it's tired and too many people have subverted that narrative for you to believe that's the only thing in your way 
if you spent just as much time looking at the looking at how you got in your own way, <laughs> looking at how you can improve the way you see the world, how you can upskill, how you can develop your emotional intelligence, your empathy, your resilience, I guarantee you, you'd be further along in anything you wanted to do, whether it be, you know, find a relationship, you know, eradicate loneliness, all those things. It's like you, you delay progress when you look outside of yourself for answers. Yeah, I, ooh. How you see the world is only your business. Only you will ever know how you see the world. So expecting somebody outside of that to govern it, to write the rules, to help you, to walk you through that. I don't know what you're, I don't even know. I think that people forget that I didn't even know what your blind spots are to yourself. So while you may be able to communicate clearly where you think you're going wrong, you too have blind spots to your behavior. Right. If you can't see it and I can't see it, then how can I help you? <laughs> so <laughs> the the easiest thing to do that if you're, and, and this is for people who, who know that their loneliness or their perception of loneliness isn't a chemical imbalance in their brain and it is, it is their lived experience and reality, you either combat it or you don't. But the complaining gets so tired. It really does. Do you think it could be... In the same way that, like, depression is a mental illness, could loneliness be, like, a chemical imbalance? Perhaps. But then I'm sure you'd just be diagnosed as depressed, right? Yeah. If that were the case. Or probably just a symptom of depression. It could be in a hypothetical alternate universe scenario, but let's let's work in the universe we have right now. You know what I mean? Like, it does us no favors to hypothesize that this could be the result of something greater than us. Uh, It's like the sooner we understand that in in such a cliche way, you are the master of your universe. And as you said in a previous episode, Bobo, the reality you live in is the way it is because you believe it to be so. Right. I can't prove or disprove anything that you believe or disbelieve if Facts. you don't want to change it, you know? Like, somebody could tell me tomorrow that... It's like, I remember reading a thread on Reddit and they were saying that... I love when, Reddit, um, by the way. Uh, Reddit is the best. When they made laptops, right, they, they kind of reached like a... Um, uh, like a what do you call it like they reach maximum market share like they had sold as many as they could given their demographic of you know early adopters tech wizards uni students or whatever yeah and so they needed to find a way to remarket it so they could sell more product because otherwise it would go obsolete in a few years and so they was as this person was um uh theorizing that they had um spread this narrative that uh laptops cause cancer because people would put them on their lap and then you get like cervical cancer mm-hmm. um prostate cancer uh all that stuff and so they had to remarket it as a notebook and you put a notebook on a table and i was wow. like wow are you so serious and it and you know whether or not that's true or false you'll be hard pressed to find another um solution as to why they remarketed laptops and laptops yeah. and notebooks. There could be something else that like they fed through the chain. But you know, it's one of those things where if you never believed that you'd get cancer from putting a laptop on your lap, you wouldn't be hard pressed to go buy a whole new machine right. to just put it on your desk. <laughs> just put your laptop on your desk. <laughs> you know? So it's things that like that is that I actually I'm, incredible. I'm, yeah, I'm very cognizant of like how much of the way we view the world is somebody remarketing our, our stresses and our insecurities back to us yeah. and how much of it is is rooted in quote unquote truth. You will never know. So do yourself a service and try to unpack the shit on your own. Mm-hmm. I, everything's an agenda. I'm, I love conspiracy theories. Me too. As much as I don't believe all of them, I just think I don't not believe them. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like who am I to not believe it? If I can believe I'm down for all of them. Yeah, if I can believe anything that, you know, people are telling me in the news, like why would I not believe a conspiracy theory? Like I'm Absolutely. And especially when it's a really popular one when like hundreds of thousands of millions of people are believing the central truth yeah. that is that contrast to the, the norm. Why would I disregard that? <laughs> I think about it on a smaller scale. Like, we're getting off the topic of loneliness, but you know how there are a bunch of um, case studies of where mothers will take their children into hospitals or doctors and say, my child isn't well. And the doctor will say, no, we've done all the tests, your child is well. And then six months later, the kids died from, like, cancer or something. It's this idea that if you believe it to be true, then very little will convince you otherwise. (laughs) So, I don't... As I said before, this whole loneliness agenda... 
a lot of me thinks that it's much easier to succumb or to you know yeah to succumb to this idea of loneliness because it's easier to do that and to join this this communal narrative because look at what happens when we all say that we're lonely all of a sudden we're a part of a community of lonely people there's some belonging there there's some togetherness <laughs> we all get the narrative come on now so it's so much easier to like you know buy our clown pass to, to team lonely our clown than, pass <laughs> then to work proactively and unpack what is loneliness to us because when i feel lonely like i could tell I, in the same day i say i feel lonely it's the same day i've screened five messages <laughs> and lied <laughs> about what i was doing so i didn't have to go out <laughs> That might not be your experience, but I know that I do that shit all the time. Oh my God. When people invite you out all the time and then the next day you're just like, uh, why do I have have no no friends? friends. (laughs) (laughs) When people are constantly asking you on dates and you're like, oh, I'm going to be single forever. That is, (laughs) (laughs) that's literally how people work. But also, um, I want to talk about morality as a tool of loneliness and how like the way that we divide ourselves into moral into moral groups the way that everyone is taught to believe that their grouping is morally superior so like it happens in religion it happens in politics it even happens in art like Kanye West versus Taylor Swift mm. <laughs> to what extent does morality really cause maybe not loneliness but isolation because I think it gives us the false sense when we belong to something in unity of being against something I actually think that causes more loneliness than like feelings of community which is Mm. the tea and when we subscribe to like ideas about moral superiority I also think that causes more loneliness because now you've cut yourself off from connecting with a community of people that you could find a lot of solace in, that you could like learn a lot from. I just like, I think if we ended the idea of morality, I think if we ended the idea of like beliefs and ideologies, I say this in every episode, detach (laughs) from all your ideologies and you will belong to everyone. Because like ultimately we're really not, we have so much more in common than we have difference and I just think like the creation of morality, ideologies and belief systems um, is one of the catalysts of loneliness and isolation. It's very true. I also believe that if we stop aspiring for complete alignment with everyone and everything, Mm. then it'd be so much easier to um, critically look at our situations from a lens that's consistent to our own beliefs. You know, like if, if, I'm not aspiring to make sure that every interaction I have is with a like-minded person who sees the world the way I do. You know, if I'm not aspiring to make sure every job is like paid the way I want it to, then you just get used to like a healthy amount of chaos and you don't look at this chaos as a negative. It's just a healthy way of living. And so some days I might not interact with people and while I may feel alone, I'm not lonely. I'm not a product of the environment. It just is a state of being for now. But this state, like all states are temporary and this too will pass. And I just need to, like, you just need to like recalibrate. Like what is your own internal center? What's your medium? What's your ideal for every scenario? Situation and scenario. Oh my God, (laughs) scenario. Sis, no, it's a new word. It is a new word. Scenario. Get Webster on the line right now. Get Webster on the line right now. Scenario. That's it's a thing, and it it sounds so sophisticated too. Like Mm, in the scenario, Sicilian. You know what I mean? Like this sounds Shakespearean. I immediately feel like Einstein. I'm so (laughs) gassed. (laughs) <laughs> but like I was saying, it's so easy to adopt someone's perception of a situation as yours. So if I'm yeah. speaking to a friend and she says that, you know, the the, the height of embarrassment is being single, then eventually <laughs> I'll appropriate that idea and then look at my scenario and be like, okay, this is embarrassing. Or if the height of success is having six children and I don't have any, all of a sudden I'm going to appropriate that narrative because it's one that keeps getting drilled down into me. Make sure that when you're being conditioned by your outside world, you're also doing some self-conditioning. Like figure out what your standards of being are so then when someone comes in with an alternate belief system, you're not just like taken aback 
and having to adopt how they believe because you don't know what you believe in wow and it's okay to not have a concrete belief in everything but it's in fact it's better at least have some sort of like benchmark like something and so yeah when if if you are somebody who's listening who identifies as being lonely uh, and feeling alone i would definitely encourage you to unpack what it even means to be alone because i think through that you'll see some key themes are you alone or have you have you not found your your tribe are you not connecting with someone do you like understanding do you have no purpose are you looking for something where you should be looking within like what is happening yeah that in itself will give you a better diagnostic for how you're feeling than attaching such a simple phrase like i'm lonely to such a complex state of being Ooh. Bloop, bloop, bloop. There we have it. <laughs> I mean, and, and you know, it's one of these things where I understand that when you're in, you know how, like, I always think about when a new album comes out, when, like, a new movie comes out that everyone's been anticipating for months. Yeah. And there's always the group of people who are rushing to say they watched it or heard it first. I've watched it, I've heard it, here are my ideas about it. Here's the thing, peace, blah, blah. Take your time. <laughs> there is no rush to understand everything about yourself or the environment you live in. But what you don't want to do is, you know, be burdened by this paradox of choice and this paradox of understanding that you pick this weird, like, stalemate where you're like, I'm neither here nor there. Like, neutral is not a safe place to be when you're trying to understand yourself. Mm. For the rest of the world, sure. But for yourself, be honest. How you really feel. What do you really want? Why are you really sad? Why are you alone? Ooh. Whose fault is it? Neutral is, there somebody is not at fault? a safe place to be when you're trying to understand mm-hmm. yourself. We're going to put that on a t-shirt. I like that. <laughs> I'm in awe. But I mean, I, I don't know if we have anything else to say on that topic. I Yeah, I, I think we cured... Yeah, I think we literally cured the epidemic of loneliness. As we do um, so well. As we do. What have we not cured at this point, honestly? Um, Somebody save us. Right? But yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope this... We went on a lot of tangents, but ultimately we came back and we did ultimately cure the epidemic of loneliness, isolation, um and imposter syndrome we cured that as well in this episode so to carry on the conversation let's talk in our facebook group which will be linked in the description box below let's talk on our instagram which will be linked in the description box below or you can just go on instagram and type in bobo and flex and hit that follow button and um get us hit us up on patreon Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. This has been a great conversation. We'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.